a, an all-time classic rap song for two very white men covering a very <laughs> Caucasian sport. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Two Guys No Cup podcast. Uh, my name's Stephen Ground. I'm here with Ian Peters. How are you doing, Ian? Doing well. Doing good. Good. Excellent. Uh, we chose that wonderful Tupac. 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 <laughs> Have you all heard of the Tupac? Uh, we chose that wonderful track by Tupac and Dr. Dre to celebrate the fact that we're covering the Pacific Division today uh, with several teams in California and a few that are not. <laughs> and that's a, a majority of them aren't, but that's fine. <laughs> but who cares, because California is all that really matters. Uh, so we've got that on the agenda today and some other exciting blues topics, a big contract extension for... Leon Dreisaitl in Edmonton, which factors into the uh, Pacific discussion as well. Uh, but before we get started, we want to update you on some podcast news and business, which we're excited to share with you. Uh, first of all, if you have not already done it, you can follow us on Twitter at Two Guys No Cups, spelled out uh, with all letters. And if you'd like to email us with questions, comments, anything like that, you can do that to the number two, guys, zero, the number zero, cups, at gmail.com, which we changed up just to confuse you. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm at Stephen Ground on Twitter. He is at Ian A. Peters, which I said wrong last night, last time, so we cost you thousands of followers, <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure, yes. Uh, but so here's the update on the podcast and our direction going forward. So first of all, in case you have not heard, uh, we're very excited to say that we're now available on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, so wherever you get your podcast from, either of those sources, whether you have an Apple phone or an Android phone, you can find us. Uh, just search for Two Guys No Cup and you will find us hopefully very easily. Uh, and while you're doing that, it'd be great if you subscribed or reviewed us or just trashed us on the <laughs> on the review. I'll uh, take a thrashing. Yeah, you know, that's always good for our egos because they are too large. Uh, <laughs> and if you found us because of our Reddit posts over the last couple of weeks, welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, we hope we do not disappoint you with our coverage of the Blues and the <laughs> We're NHL. We're setting the bar really low. Uh, and then <laughs> the other big news is that we are going to be start starting to record uh, weekly starting September 7th. So we'll have one more two-week gap, and then we'll be recording every week as we unbelievably wind up to the season already. I can't um, believe it's... It's a crazy short off season when yeah, you really think about true. it, especially with as much as most people have going on during the summer. Uh, so the plan is for us to record weekly on Thursday evenings, uh, which means you'll probably be accessing it Friday morning for the most part. I mean, it will be there late on Thursday evenings. Uh, and when games start happening, obviously Thursday is a pretty regular night for NHL games. The plan probably is going to be to record after uh, any games that are in Central or Eastern time zone, kind of review the game, look ahead, look back. Um, That's for the Blues specifically. And then if there's a Western time zone game, we're probably going to record before and preview it because we have lives and day jobs that we have to attend to. 
Ian more than me. I'm kind of I'm kind of a vampire in that respect. But you know, we we understand that. Uh, so <laughs> we've got that coming. We're working on a logo and possibly a theme. I don't know if it's a song so much as it is a, there's a no, score. There's a no symphony. lyrics. It's just uh, music. But <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're pretty dope. we're really excited for all that. Um, and you will find more of that as we ourselves discover and finish it up. <laughs> uh, so we'll be looking forward to that starting in September. Uh, so the first thing I think we're going to cover today is the uh, big, the huge, the humongous <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl contract that he signed with the Edmonton Oilers, which was an eight-year deal for $68 million dollars making him, I'm just guessing, I didn't look this up, but probably the highest-paid German player ever in history Probably. Of there hasn't been that many, surprisingly. <laughs> I don't think Jogan Hesch ever got to that threshold. No. But uh, <laughs> in any case, so this is a big, a big, big, big contract. This is a really big contract, especially considering that they signed uh, Connor McDavid for a lot of money. Yeah. What was that, 10 years, 13.5, 8 years, I think it's 8 years, yeah. Uh, yeah, 8 years, 12.5. I don't know. There's just a lot going on with this one, a lot to respond to, but I've been speaking a lot, so why don't you kind of give your reactions? For the Dreisaitl contract, it makes sense with how skilled he is. Like, he deserves a huge chunk of money. The thing that sticks out to me is just that it's after only three years in the league. It's his, after his ELC, his entry-level contract, that he's already getting paid $8.5 million a year for the next eight years. And while he's put up really good numbers, especially last year, 82 games, 77 points, I think he played for the majority with McDavid, or at least towards the end he did. And I think he's a skilled enough player. I just would wait on the money after you see him play more on his own, play a center position, yep. play on his own line. Because I think he's that good. He most certainly probably deserves this amount of money over his career if he stays on that trajectory. It's just one of those contracts that pops out to me as like, oh, this seems a little early. Like it could implode. Probably not, but it just seems like a lot for a 21-year-old. Yeah. That's that's was my first reaction. Yeah, the thing with this deal is if this deal goes wrong, that's the sort of thing that like totally destroys the franchise, <laughs> you know. I mean, even though they have Connor McDavid, they have uh if this were a bad deal, which again, I don't necessarily think is very likely. I think he's a, I love Leon Draisaitl. Uh and I think he's a very good prospect, but if this deal were to go wrong, that would be a huge, huge blow to the Edmonton Oilers, especially when you consider that with McDavid's contract, they've got like 27% of their cap tied up in yeah. two players. Now, obviously, the cap will expand over time, but when you add Milan Lucic's ridiculous contract, six years? <laughs> For more, yeah. Six more years they have that? Oh, my goodness. He, For $6 million yeah. a season, and he's already disappointed that this year. Um, that'll be a buyout eventually. There's almost no question. I can't imagine they're sitting on that thing in six years. I wouldn't think so. With, I don't know. But they brought any, him in to be. They brought him in to be Milan Lucic, and Patrick Maroon was Milan Lucic yeah, this year for true. them. That's totally true. 
So with McDavid's 13.5, uh, Dreisaitl's 8.5, Lucic is 6. I'm bad at math, but that's $28 million all told. Yeah. Uh, well, you can even add in uh, Nugent Hopkins' 6 million. Ooh. And he's a fine player, but a six million for a center, player. I mean, he's sub-60 points the last two yeah. seasons, and his face-off percentage is kind of garbage, I yeah. want to say. Forty-three point two percent on his career. So, for six million, that's a little much. And all four of those players, Nugent Hopkins, Lucic, Drysital, and McDavid together, that's forty-four percent of your cap eaten up in four players. Yeah. You, if you're Edmonton Oilers fan, you don't care. Yeah. You have Connor McDavid locked up, <laughs> and he just makes your team great no matter what. It's just one of those things where maybe in a couple years two to three years down the line when they're on these kind of, towards the end of uh, Nugent Hopkins' contract, that they're really going to wish that they didn't have him at that money, him and Lucic. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is a team, well, first of all, sorry for the, the loud beep in your ear. I swear I muted this computer. <laughs> but uh, this is the team, this is a team that's kind of in transition, not in the classic sense where it's like, oh, they're going from one great era to another great era, mm-hmm. but in the sense that they had this period where they had like three or four first overall picks in a row, and they were all kind of disappointments. I mean, you talk about Niall Yakupov, which it was a huge disappointment. Yeah, Nugent Hopkins, who's a pretty big disappointment. I think Taylor Hall maybe was one, or Everlay, or both. Everlay was so, pretty early, and yeah, Taylor Hall was first overall. So they had a lot of number one picks, and none of them ever hit. And then they're moving through all that. Everlay was 22nd, so he was not first overall. But they're moving through all that, and then they get a gift. Not a gift because they were second worst, but they get this huge lottery win with Connor McDavid, and now he's, you know, the the player in all of hockey right now. He's surpassed Sidney Crosby as kind of like the most iconic star already uh, with his grandpa waves and all that. So it just <laughs> seems like this is a team. So I'm saying this, but then they signed the Lucic contract last year. That was not like they knew by then. They maybe didn't quite expect this year from McDavid, but they knew that McDavid was their future and they still signed it. Mm-hmm. You know, And then Nugent Hopkins, they knew that they had that and they're not trading it. So... I don't know. I just, I again, you've got to sign Leon Dreisaitl. If this is what it takes to get it done, you do it. But it's a lot of money to me. And I think one of the questions to ask about this is how much did that Connor McDavid contract, and to a lesser extent because it's a different kind of player, we'll see when some top goalies start getting signed, but how much did the uh, Carey Price contract kind of affect the market as a whole? And I think you, you sort of see this in hockey, the top contract, I mean, in any sport, really, the top contract sort of sets the market. Mm-hmm. So when Sidney Crosby got his deal that was, like, smaller than Dreisaitl's <laughs> deal or about what Dreisaitl's deal is now, it was a huge jump, mm-hmm. you know, at the time. And now we've made the next great leap forward, if you will. Um, and we're kind of seeing the market adjust with, Eight years at sixty-four million for Johansson, and eight years at sixty-eight million for Drysaddle, and now you look at what's happening going forward. And I mean, I've 
John it's, Tavares is like for sure a ten million dollar contract now. Oh yeah, There's I'm looking no even, way. I'm looking past that and just seeing like, man, this is just this is just lockout again. Yeah, I mean we're headed for a lockout. There's no doubt. And <laughs> I like how resigned everyone I've talked to about this is like, yep, that's just gonna happen. I don't think Gary Bettman's ever avoided one. He's the truly worst, like far and away, indisputably, and I viciously hate Roger Goodell, but <laughs> Gary Bettman is so bad at his job. Like, Roger Goodell is evil, but Gary Bettman's incompetent. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a good way to put it. Um, and also probably evil, so... Uh, he feeds on those booze yeah. every year. So anyway, not to not to linger on that, but yeah, I mean, it's just, there's going to be more problems, there's going to be bigger contracts, there's going to be a lockout, yeah. there's going to be a salary cap increase... Just or it, maybe not. Does maybe it get a to $100 million at some point? Yeah, I mean, it has I to. Guess. You can't be paying one guy 13.5 and then, you know, not <laughs> Everyone have else table scraps. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it'll be interesting to see how these kind of contracts uh, add up. As you point out here, by the 2018-19 season, they'll have 44% of their contract or their cap space, cap space yeah. tied up in these four players who are not all worth 44%. I mean, you would not want that to be those four, minus Lucic and uh, Nugent Hopkins, then you're talking. But think about the fact that they could have, they could still have Taylor Hall on this team. <laughs> they really could, you know, and now, I don't know. I don't want to linger on it too much, but... They're an interesting team. It'll be interesting to see, and obviously we'll circle around back to Edmonton uh, as we move through the Pacific Division. But I think one one last note to make on this in, with regards to the Blues is I wonder, and I kind of ran this past you a week or so ago, I wonder if this puts the Blues maybe in a really good position because when you think about it, they pretty much, with Pareko, just signed their last big long-term deal except for Fabry mm-hmm. that they have to sign right now. And so for a good long while, well past the inevitable lockout, they have all their star players kind of locked up. So it'll be interesting to see if towards the end of Tarasenko's contract and Pareko's contract, if maybe they have a little more flexibility to add a top player or sign a guy longer or something like that because they signed their deals early and aggressively. And... These deals just make that Tarasenko deal look more and more spectacular. Seven point really, five for like six more yeah, years. Yeah, it's really phenomenal when you think about it. So, uh, moving on from that discussion to the Pacific Division, uh, which of course is in our conference uh, now. We're moving. We're we're moving <laughs> closer to covering the Central. Uh, but we've got, so last year we had Anaheim, Edmonton, San Jose, and Calgary make it to the playoffs from this division with uh, the Kings kind of surprisingly underperforming, the Coyotes not surprisingly underperforming, and I did not realize that the Canucks managed to eke out the oh, yeah. Coyotes for worst in this Bring division. Bringing up the rear. Um, which is appropriate, because they are the Canucks. Uh, but so we'll start, we'll go through this in alphabetical order, and then we'll start with a team that there's not a lot to say about, which is the Anaheim yeah. Ducks. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's kind of the opposite. We just talked ad nauseum about just part of the Oilers, and now I don't have that much to say about a whole team. Yeah. 
I mean, Anaheim signed Ryan Miller in the offseason. That's kind of the only big signing I think they had. I'm sure they made some minor deals. And Ryan Miller's not even going to play. You know, he's not going to be their starter either. But he's a, a recognizable name and someone that I think is going to do well there for certain. And I just had some notes on, on their team and how it looks because without a lot of movement, they still look to be poised to, in my mind, win their division, at least be in the top three for sure. Mm-hmm. But their top four in their defensive unit, I would say as good as as good as Nashville's. And Nashville yeah. is now, for better or the worse, yeah, defense, coined, yeah, coined as like the best top four in the league ever. And so, I mean, I think Vatnin, Fowler, Lindholm, and Manson, who I think is the younger of the four, um, I think they stack up really well against any other team's top four better than most. And I was just looking at their stats, and you've got older guys like Getzlav and Perry still playing really well. I think Perry took a little bit of a step back last year. And I know Getzlav was either last year or the year before had a little bit of a slow start as well. But, I mean, 15 goals, 58 assists. 73 points for Getzlaff, that's amazing for someone who's going to be 32 this season. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not David Backus numbers by any means. That's no. someone doing way better, just in terms of someone of the same age. So, Which is weird to even think about that David Backus is that old. <laughs> I know, exactly. I mean, he still has some hair on his head. Ryan Getzlaff's been bald for as long as, I, as long as I've seen him in the league, at least short hair. Um there's a team that I don't feel like I watch a lot. I see them play us, and I'm almost surprised when they beat us because I kind of forget how good they are yeah. consistently. I think it's because they're a team much like the Blues or even the Capitals, maybe talked about less, that constantly makes the playoffs, probably goes, well, most certainly goes further than both of them. They've been to the conference finals a handful of times, but they they never seem to get beyond that point, at least not in recent years. Mm-hmm. They definitely are always... A team to talk about, but then they get to the third round, maybe in the second round earlier than that, and they just, I don't think they ever fall apart. They just meet their match. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. They added uh, Francois Beauchemin earlier this week. They used to have him too, didn't they? Yeah, coming back at the age of 37, which is fine because he's going to be a sixth, fifth or sixth last pair, maybe even a seventh sometimes defenseman. And that's fine to have, like, a veteran leadership. That's a great kind of presence signing sort of the thing. I wouldn't mind seeing the Blues do, as we talked about last time. I mean, this team is definitely, they're going to be neck and neck with Edmonton and San Jose. Mm. Those are clearly the three teams that are I was going to say, those are just the ones that are going to make the top three for sure. Um, There's not a lot I have to add about the Ducks that you haven't already said. I mean, they're a really good team. Um. They've got a solid bottom six. It'll be interesting to see if they ever have quite the edge to push over that hump again with this core. But they definitely have the defense. There's a question mark about whether they have Anderson, right? That's the right name? Um, Gibson. Gibson. Gibson, yeah. They it. Wrong Toronto, former Toronto goalie. <laughs> uh, but they have Gibson. Um which I think he's I think he's good. Yeah. But I guess that's a little bit of a question mark. They definitely had the scoring, like the forwards, mm-hmm. the top end forwards to do it, but they just haven't seemed to be able to put it all together. But they don't have, they do have Randy Carlisle back, and they don't have <laughs> poison. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Uh, was that his first year back last year with them? Carlisle? I want to say, yeah, it was. I but I so. will check because I'm looking at his name right here. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. He came back in, yeah, just last year. Okay. Uh, going forward, I wouldn't predict them to be cup finalists necessarily, but I could see them in the final four. I want to say I had them go into the cup eight, last year. Yeah. In my bracket, and it's yeah, you're right. It's one of those things where they they'll for sure be in the playoffs. It's just a matter if they can put it together. I honestly thought they were going to beat Nashville this year. I don't think they went to game. They went to game six. Yeah, I think. And it was like I said, they just meet their match. So yeah, I root for them for sure. They're they're a fine team. Uh, so moving on to uh, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, they made the big trade with the Rangers. Uh, acquiring Derek Stepan and Antti Ranta for uh, D'Angelo. What's his first name? Anthony. Anthony D'Angelo. What else could it be? Tony D'Angelo. The seventh round pick who came, became a Swedish defender that the um, Rangers are really high on, uh, which I think is a big improvement for them. I think that makes their team way better for right now, uh, for sure. And we'll have to see how it plays out. Because Rangers got the two younger, possibly higher ceiling players. Mm. And they definitely needed some defensive upgrades. But, man, Derek Stepan and Antiranta are great. I mean, that's... I'd those, take Derek Stepan on their That's the starting team. goalie and their number one center, probably, immediately. Maybe number two if you put Max Domi at number one. But that's still a great number really two. Really great, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they traded Connor Murphy and Laurent Dauphin. To Chicago, I tried to say that as, <laughs> as terribly French as I possibly could for uh, Nicholas Jarmelson, which is another fine pickup. I think that's he's a good, good defender. That's a good move. Probably first, second pair. Uh, they lost Radim Radim Verbata. Yeah, sounded weird in my head. <laughs> to Florida, would you like to make this next comment? That, oh. You wrote in the show. Well, they lost Rubata to Florida, but they lost uh, Doan to Common Sense. <laughs> Their former captain, Shane Doan, because he's old. He's 40, and he should have been gone like four years ago. Yeah. To at least try and get a cup, but I don't think he's signed currently by any team. Come on, boys. They had an injury to Chitrin this summer. Uh, which is a pretty big loss for them. Yeah. And there are a lot of... Why don't you talk about some of the questions you have for this team? I like the trade, like we were talking about, the, the Stepan and Ranta trade for sure. It's just one of those things where Ranta last year played really well when Lundqvist was hurt or Lundqvist was going through some, some rough patches. But I don't think Ranta's played, I don't know how many games he's played, what his career high is, but I don't think he's ever been a starter anywhere, at least not in the NHL. So I think he'll do great, but you just don't know. He's kind of an unproven quantity as far as, uh, or entity as far as games played goes, and if he'll be able to hold up. And I like Stefan a lot too, and like you mentioned, putting him on the first line probably with Domi and Duclair, the two Ds. He'll probably do well with them, but it's one of those things too where Stefan's been on the Rangers for so long that you just wonder if he'll fit in and gel. It right. might be the Stasny thing where he comes over and it takes what feels like a season, but if he's managed well and stays on the first line as their first line center, unlike some of our centers who have been kind of moved around plenty, they'll probably do great. And then I forgot that they even had a new coach this year. Oh, they do, yeah. 
I want to say it's Tocket. That's T-O-C-C-H-E-T, but I believe it's Tocket. Yeah, this is a fun team with a lot of fun young players to watch. They're not going to challenge for a playoff spot this year. I don't think they're quite there, but they could surprise. Yeah. They could contend for a wild card. They have a 24-point gap to make up with Calgary to do that, and that's not nothing. So. And they're not top Yeah, they're not top three, and none of those teams are moving at yeah, all. So right. you've got a wild card spot to fight for with the Central as well. I, I honestly do this like more than probably any other division, I don't think. I would not be the least bit shocked to see this finish the exact same order. I agree. With maybe some movement points-wise. Well, you get an extra team at the bottom this year. That's true, which we'll get to. Um, so we'll have to <laughs> figure them out. at the bottom. <laughs> a decoder ring prize. Uh, so, yeah, so the Coyotes will be fun, and they'll be a pain when you play them, I'm sure, as young teams tend to be, but I don't expect them to be much of a contender. Uh, moving on to the Calgary Flames, as some in the North like to say. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know either. Maybe they were formed by Cal and Gary, and they just smushed their names together. Could be. Probably not. Probably, it could be. <laughs> probably not. It. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they lost Brian Elliott and what's-his-name Johnson? Chad. <laughs> Chad Yeah, Johnson. a forgettable name. Don't worry. Uh, and so they have an entirely new goaltending team of Mike Smith and Eddie Locke, which in my mind, means that they've traded complete goalie uncertainty for complete goalie yeah. uncertainty <laughs> with bigger contracts. That's what I figured. Um, uh, yeah, what do you think about that? Wow. Even just reading that is just so blah. I, just, I think I would rather have Brian Elliott out of any of those goalies, honestly. I would. But I understand why when you trade a second for him and he just lays a poop on the ice <laughs> for the first half of the year, you probably want him to get out of town. They weren't going to sign him for, I think, whatever it was, 2.7 the yeah. Flyers give him. Yeah, that's just that's just shuffling shuffling the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it's, There's nothing to see there. Maybe they do better. I don't think so. And then uh, you've got a few players, namely uh, Johnny Gaudreau, who actually did worse Johnny last year. Badreau. Johnny Badreau. They're going to say Johnny Hockey, but yes, Badreau. <laughs> he, had, he had 70-something points, 78 points the season before last, and then last season he had 61. Still good numbers. You just hope that last year was a whole full-team regression versus yeah. him. I'm sure he'll do fine. Someone that kind of surprised is uh, Patrick Berglund's favorite buddy over there, Backlund. Are they best friends? They are, supposedly. Oh. Dar- Darren Pang said this on one one time, and it stuck in my head. <laughs> Maybe isn't, he lied. I don't know. Is Patrick Berglund like, old enough to be uh, Backlund's father? <laughs> I don't even know. I feel like Backlund's been on that team forever, That's and I'll look true. it up. That's and probably true. Yeah, I have no idea. But he had a career high last year with 53 points. And I'm assuming they'll most certainly want him to repeat. I think that was a big part of their success was the line he centered last year. And then my favorite to always ask is just if Troy Brower is going to do anything. Probably no. not. He's probably building his house. <laughs> Sometimes I can't. I forget that our listeners can't see me shake my head in disgust, but no, he's probably What not. a gross contract for a guy that had like 20-something points last year. What was it, like year. three years? Nine million? I think it was or? like four years, and it was for over four. Oh, gosh. Close, closer to five? I could be wrong, but I know it's over four. Uh, gross. Yeah. Four years, 18 million. Gross. 
All because he got three chances at an open net and <laughs> they scored, scored on the third. third. Oh, um, my heart drops. Uh, yeah, I, that was a bad signing, but it's, I mean, it's not like a high-impact bad can, signing. They can but, bury it. Yeah, exactly. Um, defense looks pretty good with the addition of Travis Hamonic from uh, New York Islanders. Um their goaltending does not look any no. better, honestly. Mike Smith hasn't been good. He's been a puck handler. I hear that every time. I've never seen evidence that he's great. That's all they that, say on the NHL games. I think that's like the nice thing you say where you're like, this guy's really a crap goalie. But, <laughs> he's a great puck handler. he's a great puck handler. Maybe he should be a forward then. <laughs> and then Eddie Locke is like now on his third team of disappointment or fourth. I don't know. I'm sure Vancouver will like playing him. Yeah, I'm sure. I bet, I bet he's the kind of guy that will just like stonewall Vancouver. Like, uh, you know, when... when uh, I forget. Didn't we play Halak a couple of times and he shut us down or somebody? Yeah. Um, but in any case, uh, this team—I I still think this team's fourth in the division next year. I was going to say, I don't think you're right. I don't think they're moving up to catch the Sharks, but I don't think anybody's moving up to catch them. Um, I could see them. They could falling out of of the playoffs, possibly. Maybe it depends on what the Kings do. Mm-hmm. I really don't. That's think kind of Arizona between those two. Or, uh, Vancouver will catch up to that gap, and I don't think... I don't know that the Knights won't, but I doubt that the Knights are quite... Ooh, dark and mysterious. Good enough to... <laughs> tall, dark, and handsome. Much like Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if if the Flames finished with 94 points and made the playoffs as the wild card team, I, just like they did last year, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. This doesn't feel... This is one of those teams where it's like, you look at Edmonton, you look at Toronto, you look at Winnipeg, which are just Canadian teams, and you're like, man, those are young teams that are surging that are going to be scary as heck Mm -hmm. in three or four years. And then I look at uh, Calgary, and I'm like, well, they're there, and they're young-ish, but I don't feel like they're getting markedly better. Don't you just year. feel bad for them? Yeah. They kinda. used to be they used to be the good western hockey mm-hmm. team in Canada. I guess Sands Vancouver has been dropping, but Edmonton most certainly wasn't and after like one draft Edmonton just like leapfrogged them. Yeah. <laughs> Edmonton they leapfrogged might, them. They might be doing just as almost as well with Eichel and Drysaddle as they are with these guys with McDavid, but he is a game changer. You never know. Yeah. So, um so, yeah, so that's all for the Calgary Flames. Uh, we have the Edmonton Oilers up next. Um, I've been listening to other podcasts recently, and in my head I was like, oh, we need to take a break for our sponsors, which we <laughs> oh. definitely have. <laughs> um, but, yeah, moving on to Edmonton. Uh, traded Jordan Everly, finally, which I feel like has been supposed to happen for like two or three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, for Ryan Strom of the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about that deal? I think that kind of works for both teams. I guess if I was an Islanders fan, I'd be a little happier. They're, John Tavares played with Everly in like the World Juniors, and they had like lightning in a bottle, so I'm, I'm assuming they're hoping for that again. But I think it also works for the Oilers because they got rid of a contract. I think it was $6 million. For Eberle, and we just talked about how they had all this money tied up coming up in these four players. So I think that shaves off like 3.5 for them. 
And Ryan Strom has been kind of disappointing for like a fifth overall pick from I think like 2011. But a change of scenery will help for sure, yeah. I would think. I look at this to steal the phrase that you use that I've been planning to use already. I kind of <laughs> think this is a classic change of scenery move. I think it was two guys that were both stagnant where they were. They weren't doing anything. And it was time to give them Just, a new shake and see what... This is kind of like if the, if the Blues were to trade Alex Steen for, like, a very similar player and age and contract, which I don't know any offhand, you know, but, like, age, contract, and performance, you look at it and it's like, why even really bother making that trade? But it's mm-hmm. just kind of, like, freshen things up, change the locker room chemistry a little bit. Um, I don't see... You, you're you're a little higher on Everlay than I am, which is probably fair. You're probably right. I tend to undervalue him. But I don't see it as one where, like, a queer winner either way. I just think it's... Everly's just older yeah. and, you know, quote-unquote proven. It's it's a big cap swap. Yeah. So, obviously, the Islanders either had space to burn or thought that Everly was enough better that, like, it was worth taking the, mm-hmm. basically another player's contract on top of it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a fine trade. Um, one of the big question marks, I guess, for the Oilers will be seeing if uh, pool, parvi- pool party... Uh, no, Jesse, is that his first yeah, name? Yeah, I think P- so. P- is how I mistakenly pronounce it, <laughs> but I don't <laughs> know party. how to pronounce we'll just it. call him Pool Party. Uh, has been nicknamed Pool Party, um, who was the, ended up being the fourth overall pick, third overall pick. I think he was fourth. Pick. Yeah, it was, he should have been third, they all it said. It was Matthews, Line A, then it was Dubois. Yeah. Shock. <laughs> and he was so upset, and then it was Edmonton. Um, I wouldn't be upset if I went to Edmonton over Columbus, but moving anyway. Uh, he didn't so do cold. much. He didn't do a lot last year, um, but he kind of got an off and on, off and on opportunity and didn't get consistent playing time. So it'll be big to see. Like if he if he takes off and performs like a number four overall draft pick, that could be That's like huge. a game changer for them. If he doesn't and is a Ryan Strom, if you will, then it's kind of disappointing but at least they haven't offered him a contract like a long contract yet so they have time to decide uh, whether he's a Yakupov or a Hall Um, (laughs) but uh, what do you think what else do you have to say about the Oilers Um, my only question as far as their lineup was concerned was just what they're going to do with McDavid and Dreisaitl if they're going to keep them on the same line because that is magic I mean that's an intense line (laughs) Or if they split him up to have Drysaddle, kind of like we mentioned earlier, center his own line. Yeah. I'm of the mind that they split him up just to see what I they have. I think have to with that contract. And if you put him on the same line, you're giving a, the opposing team an opportunity to possibly at least try to shut down what I'm going to call two-thirds of your offense <laughs> on one line. Yeah. The other third just being the rest of the team. Yeah, they just throw everything yeah. at that line. But if sure. you split them up, I'm thinking of when we had Bacchus and stuff. You can't throw out a Bacchus-Steen-Oshie line against McDavid, and then all of a sudden they throw out Dreisaitl, and what are we going to... I mean, I love Tarasenko and all, but are you going to just toss out Tarasenko's line and just hope you, I don't know, outscore him? I mean, you could. That'd probably be your best defense yeah. if you don't have two shutdown lines, but it seems like a risk. So if I were them, I'd split them up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you put them, I put them together on the power play. Yeah, that's still nasty. On. Final, you know, if you're behind or tied late in the game, overtime, put them together by all means. 
but I don't think you, I don't think you can afford to put no. even just looking at the numbers. I don't think you can afford to put twenty four million on one line. Uh, <laughs> but then on top of that, I think you are a much better team if you have an elite center on two lines than a an elite center on mm-hmm. one line and playing a center as a wing. And maybe Dreisaitl makes yeah. Maybe he makes people around him better, much like McDavid. Yeah. And you can't quite see it just because they're on the same line if you do that. I mean, if he's a top yeah. center worth 8.5 a year, he should be doing that, you know, For which sure. is another comment on that contract. So I think that contract shows the faith that they think he'll play well on his own. Uh, but we'll remains to be seen how the lines shake out. Uh, they had a kind of a, a stud in Cam Talbot last year and goal, which your show notes tell us that he played 73 I can't games. Be- I, still, even, like, plausible? I still don't believe it. I feel um, like there was a mistake, but it says 73. And then if you think about it, who's their backup? I don't remember. So don't maybe I, did. I had this guy in fantasy last year, and I, I loved picking him up for almost nothing. And I, I still kind of think that, like, this year I'm going to be able to do that. I just he's, There are some players... That, like, no matter how much they perform, it's just like, whatever. You know, like, they're just there, and mm-hmm. they get ignored. Uh, that's true in fantasy football. It's true in fantasy hockey. It's true just in an analysis of sports. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you know. Well, I don't feel like anyone talked Pierre about Maguire's him. Yeah. not, like, spewing about, well, he probably is, to <laughs> be honest. But, you know, you're not hearing NHL tonight, like, break down how great Cam Talbot is or anything. He can't like he. You can't sustain seventy three games a year. They have to find a backup. I don't know. I don't know who they have. Even if even if you kick him down to sixty, that's like an absurdly high number. I mean, they kind of pat you on the back and say, "Really good job" when you pass fifty. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, seventy three is nuts. Um, he but he will he'll have to get some sort of backup. But even if he does a sixty and plays as well as he did last year, or even better because he's not playing <laughs> seventy three nights, uh, he'll be a huge asset to them. Uh, what do you think about the defensive sign of dis- defensive side of their game? I think it's it's good enough for what they have up front, and I think Cam Talbot's doing a good enough job, and that that it kind of plugs that hole in a way. But I have a was just thinking, if they had a real number one defenseman on that team, that team, I put as number one probably in the West completely. If you had like a, I'm not even thinking someone like a Suvan or a, anyone else who's like offensively gifted. I'm just thinking maybe like even a Petrangelo is just like a stalwart back there, and mm-hmm. you can just rely on completely to like run a power play or like uh, set up a play up the ice and have all that vision. That's like a nuts team if you have a number one defenseman. And I still think that's probably something they want to go for. So you're saying Alex Petrangelo for Connor McDavid? Oh, it's I'm putting it. I'm putting at a putting that at like a for sure. That's happening. <laughs> no, but you're definitely right. They don't have that centerpiece defenseman. I don't think they need it, they but it's something they're sense. probably I mean, going to look for. I'm guessing they're still out there shopping for one or like finding out. I don't know who's a big UFA that's coming up on defense yeah, for anybody. I don't know if there is one. I mean, you look at. Um, like the Penguins, mm-hmm. is Chris Letang really that player? Not quite. I'd say he's. He's. I. I'm just like. Do you put Letang a better on Shattenberg. the? Yeah. Do you put Letang on the? I don't know the. Sabers or whatever, and like, is he a really, still a really prized defenseman, or is he? That's a good point. Because he's the best defenseman on the Penguins. You know. 
so you can I, I think this team can win without him. They can just out firepower guys and Talbot's good and their defense is fine. Yeah. But like you said, if they had a, a Drew Doughty, God forbid, or or an Alex <laughs> Petrangelo, they would be unstoppable pretty much. Um, I don't see them moving uh, anywhere but up in the standings. Again, that top three could you could shuffle those any pretty much any order, but I don't see it changing no, neither do much. Um, but they'll be a really probably maybe the most exciting team to watch in hockey, and I will. I'm if whenever they play the Maple Leafs, I'm going to be like <laughs> the, the young game. fun teams. Oh yeah, what's it like to watch? Fun, young, fast hockey. <laughs> hey, we might know this year. We, we might. Have a different Finally, cut. we might. Uh, or maybe not. Moving on to the uh, How the Mighty Have Fallen Los Angeles Kings. Uh, this one made me sad. <laughs> why, why is that? They just seem kind of old. Yeah. Well, they seem kind of old when they were winning, too. <laughs> In all honesty, it felt like an old man team winning. It's probably just because they're kind of... They were the, the opposite of what the league is now. Maybe that's why they... I don't see them doing so well. Is they're just not overly fast. They're yeah. still that kind of heavy banging team that we used to be too. Heavy bang. <laughs> just bodies banging. Their only UFA signing that I saw that was big was Mike Camilleri coming back to LA big, after a little while. This is a big signing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like an alert on my phone where you just look at it and you go, Mike Camilleri. Like, All right. <laughs> Whatever. That's the thing where the GM rolls out and like way overdoes it when he's like, (laughs) we're just so, so excited to have Mike come be a part of this team. And they have like the introductory press conference (laughs) when he is not a player that deserves an introductory press conference. Waves to like a couple flashes. Yeah. With, uh, you know, the the backdrop with the LA Kings logo interspersed with Dan and Yogurt or whatever (laughs) their sponsor is. They got to have old pictures of him. On the Kings, yeah, it used to be sure. like, oh, he's coming back. Uh, coming home, <laughs> coming home. Uh, but, yeah, so that's a nothing move, and I don't see this team what I wonder, anywhere close no. to break, filling the gap. Do you think with Jonathan Quick back and healthy in a full season, I've... They'll I pro- forgot he was hurt. Yeah. Never mind. They're going to catch the Congress. <laughs> They're going to win the Cup. <laughs> like, I think they'll do better for sure with him healthy. Yeah. But maybe it's like we haven't played them in a while in the playoffs and the, the luster of them is worn off. But I still don't see don't, their team that as being a scary team anymore. Yeah, I think, for one thing, I think Quick has fallen from his height. I mean, he's still a great goalie. I would still take him on this team in a heartbeat. On the Blues, that is, in a heartbeat. But I don't think he's quite like the... He was just untouchable when we played him in the playoff series. It was uh, just like of like Vietnam flashbacks. Yeah, it was just. I mean, we there were a couple of those series and sef- several of those games where we entirely outplayed the Kings. Yeah, like just a very similar and reminiscent of the series we have with Minnesota this year, where we were just oh no hammer, and he was just unbeatable. And I don't think he's that goalie anymore. He struggled with a lot of injuries. Mm. And uh, whoever, whichever random old goalie, it wasn't Al Montoya, was it? Was it no. Budai? Oh, Budai. Yeah. Peter Budai. <laughs> I couldn't remember which of a handful <laughs> of generic backup goalies. <laughs> and, but Budai did really well. I think extremely well mm-hmm. in relief of uh, and, Quick last year. And, then and even then, up. they didn't make the playoffs. That's right. What makes me wonder. Right, but my point, my point in saying that is, I feel like it's not like there was this huge gap in play. It was exactly, not like the exactly. Carey Price thing, you know. 
where it was just who the heck backs <laughs> up Carey Price. So while I, I joke that they'll now catch Calgary with quick for a full season, for one thing, he's been injured a lot, so I don't know that you just assume full season. True. And for another thing, I don't know if it's enough of a difference to make up that gap. Um, do they have any prospects at all? Is there anyone to be excited about? Even like, I feel like they Probably, I just don't know who they are. I feel like they're young players are kind of old players now, too. Like, mm-hmm. Tyler Toffoli and Pearson and Jake Muzzin, like... Yeah, that's... They were kind of the young core, and now they're kind of like the middle-aged core, you know? <laughs> and they pl- and they do all right. It's kind of like when Bacchus and Oshi and Peron, you look up and they're 28 and you have nothing to show for it, and it's like, okay, <laughs> uh... so this is just what we are now, you know? <laughs> that's true, their development's kind of... <laughs> That at the end. They still have that Dustin Brown, I can count to potato contract. He's not the captain anymore, is he? No, it? they just so, demoted this dude. They just straight ripped the They're off trying his chest. to bury this guy, but they just I can't. Bet, I bet they just walked up to him. I bet Drew Doughty just walked up to him and like punched through his chest and pulled the seat <laughs> off. But they'll have they'll be saddled with that contract for years and the nightmares of that contract forever. Um, so I just I don't see them jumping. I don't see them making the playoffs. They could. I mean, if I was, obviously, if I was going to pick one of the other four teams now in this Mm -hmm. division to make it, it would, of course, be the Kings. They still have a lot of the elements that made them a Stanley Cup. You still got Kopitar and Carter had a a pretty nuts season out of all of them last year. Yeah. But with that said, they're old. I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to the Sharks and kind of another team like the. Uh, ducts about whom there is not a lot to say. <laughs> they're good and they're just kind of there. Yeah, but Joe um, Thornton's back. Yeah, and Patrick Marlowe's gone. <laughs> he slipped right on out of there with his grease, all the grease. Uh, yeah, so Thornton's back on a big one-year deal, which is one year, so it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> they have young players, kind of, in Timo Meyer and Thomas Hurdle, who will be back healthy for a full season. Um, they obviously have their not quite enough core of uh, <laughs> Thornton and Pavelski and yeah. Couture and Brett Burns and Pickles. Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, their goalie is really good. His name <laughs> is escaping me right now. Martin Jones. Martin Jones, yes, thank you. Thank good. you. Uh, but I don't you know, I don't think it's enough. I think the year they were going to win the cup was the year they didn't when they beat us. When they beat, yep. And I don't think they're getting back to that. Uh, on a side note, this is the pessimism I have. If the Blues made the cup finals and lost, uh-huh. that's how I would feel. I'd be shattered because people are like, they could do it next year. I'm like, no, you don't get it. That yeah, was the chance. That was it, yep. It's gone now. Um, can you shirts. imagine, like, if the, <laughs> like, can you imagine if the Cubs had not won last year? Uh, Just the even devastation. I feel a little bad. Yeah. <laughs> But the Sharks um, actually are like the Kings in that they do seem kind of old. I had to look up Couture's age, and he was like 28 already. Yeah. Yeah. But they're old and still good. (laughs) And I guess the Kings still have their old guys that are good, but it just seems like there's more of them here, and their core still... Thornton, for example, is very old. Yeah, but still still very good. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about Martin Jones. He is... He's the definition he's, of just a, a bland good goalie yeah, back there. I think he could. I think he could do a little 
better. Even still, yeah, I was surprised that his, his numbers a little. I bit. think he had pretty insane numbers the year before that. But again, it's it's. I mean, this whole division, we almost didn't need to cover it because it's kind of like, well, they're gonna do what they did last year. It's funny you say that because I still find it, even though there might not be a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a really exciting division. Maybe it's because we know more about it because we play them more yeah. often. Yeah. But I always find myself gravitating to like even Canucks games when they suck because <laughs> I, I don't know why. I like, I just watch we're, them or we're Calgary. We're so hard on the Canucks. I don't know why. They swept us one time. Yeah. And I kind of hated sure. Luongo for a while, but I was yeah. like, nah, he's won me over. So moving on to the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, why do we, yeah, why do we hate them? I guess it's just I hated them because when I was like first really starting yeah. to get into hockey, they were the team that was whipping us. And I always, I went to game four. I always yeah. was creeped out by the Sedins. <laughs> and just like I always didn't like that they were just Daniel and Henrik for some reason that really grated on me when the people <laughs> were calling them. But they've been so, like, mediocre and now to bad for so long that it's almost like, you can't oh. these guys anymore. I was at Game 4 when they swept us, and I think that solidified it for me. I was like, I hate this team. <laughs> <laughs> I rode the wave of excitement on the Blues making the playoffs for the first time in what felt like forever and just swept right out. Yeah. Um, sign Michael Delzato, Sam Gagne, Anders Nilsson. He used to be a blue for Fine. a drink of water. Yeah, small rights. None small. Of that <laughs> yeah. um, lose Ryan Miller. It was curtains for Miller <laughs> in Vancouver, as we all predicted. Uh, to the Anaheim Ducks, uh, they got rid of their head coach, uh, Willie Desjardins, and replaced him with, I'm getting to say a lot of French oh, names tonight. I'm liking it. Uh, <laughs> replaced him with Travis Green. Not a French name. <laughs> Boring. What's the word for green? Something like Verde or... Verde. <laughs> you're, uh, probably, you're, yeah, you're probably Travis. I was going to guess something <laughs> wrong. Uh, I don't feel like a coaching change is what this team needed. I feel like a <laughs> player, like a personnel change is it, what this it team It probably needed. helps like they were in a valley and they're hoping this is like the kickstart. This is the yeah. uh, Andy Murray, if you will, for them to like get them structured. Yeah. You gotta move them forward, but yeah. And then I'd, fire him when yeah. they become a good team. Again. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you're just on the precipice. Now get out. <laughs> Green in French, by the way, is vert. So I was close. Uh, but <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this team is not going to improve. And I'm not saying this just to take a shot at them, but this team oh, is dude, not going to improve when the Sede- until the Sedins are gone. It's I'm, just not going to happen. And it's, it can't because, I mean, their contract isn't that bad now because of the, like, evolution of contracts. But this is their last year. Two old players, and they're still, like, it's just that weird thing. You see it kind of with the Cardinals in baseball right now where it's like, we have Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina who were committed to because they're like the all-time, some of the all-time faces of the franchise. But we've got the top catching prospect in baseball, one of the top catching prospect in baseball, and a ton of young pitchers that could like take their place and outperform them. But you just kind of sit there and bide your time because you can't like make those guys leave. Sorry, for the, <laughs> sorry for the tangent into baseball, but for our St. Louis audience, it's a pretty good comparison because mm. you know you love those guys and you would never like you don't want to force them out. Mm. 
but you they're not improving your team at this point. Like you have there are much better options than Daniel and Henrik Sedim right now. Well, hockey centric, this team reminds me a lot of the Blues before kinda like the Andy Murray or like during the Andy Murray era when it was just we had other teams old players mm-hmm. that were still good. We had our own even older players, like Keith Kachuk and stuff like that, still good. And then we had young guys coming up that were doing just okay. And you're kind of like, do we do we get rid of the old guys to make room for the young guys that are all right? Yeah. Do we hold on to the old guys and just hope that we can, you know, accumulate more picks and just be bad? Right. Because the young guys aren't really our new core yet either. But to your point, too, with the Sedins, I'm pretty sure this is the last year of their contract. That would be a, a, a big get for them, if you will. Um, do they? Do you move them separately? I want to see it happen. I don't know why I want them to break up. <laughs> Destroy. <laughs> I mean, you all fourteen million. I was gonna say you can't move them together. No team has fourteen million in cap space. Yeah, at the deadline, you go. Oh, I've just got fourteen million. Um, because you can't trade them salary. They want picks. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you have to. You have to flip them if you can. How like. Oh, can you imagine if one got it traded to like the the calf penguins, let's yeah. say, and the other one went to the Oilers, and they had to face off in the final? Like they would just consume each other. <laughs> they would just become like, one being. <laughs> I was thinking more like one goes on like the Penguins and wins the cup, and the other one gets traded to I don't know why they'd want them, the but Buffalo like Sabres. yeah, or like Florida. Florida and kind of like, <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. I always liked Henrik better. I don't know why. Because it's a better name. Pretty much. I was like, Daniel, he, that's a regular name. No one over here is named Henrik. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at their hero charts now, which I've been stalling so I can bring up. <laughs> and they're still, like, fine. Did you match them against each other? Yeah, I did, actually. Who's uh, better? Who, who do you think's better? Oh, I want it to be Henrik, but I know it's Daniel. It's 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 Daniel, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, better... At goals and uh, better at first attempts, uh, but tied in ice time and shot suppression. So, you know. Um, and they're about equal in shot generation, except for some reason, Henrik's is like a, a soft blue, slightly above average five. And uh, Daniels is like a scary marigold, slightly below average five. So <laughs> that's because Henrik's better. Yeah, so they're better than I gave them credit for at their age, and they'd be an asset to another team, but not to just the get them off the Canucks. They're just not doing enough, and they're not good enough now to like turn that team into a contender. So we we've spoken plenty about the Sedins. You can't move them together. Um. They don't have a goalie that's worth squat mm-hmm. in terms of, like, a starting goalie. I guess, do you, like, hope that Markstrom, like, decides he's finally evolved into the... I don't know. That's just that's, a mess. Markstrom and their um, other goalie, Nilsson, are just a stopgap. They have, all. like, a really good goalie prospect, mm-hmm. right? I'm trying to remember his name. Thatcher Demko. Oh, yes. Bring I love it. it. On. I, he's got he's to gotta be beaten by Rocky in the final <laughs> he, he makes me like like the Canucks just for having this goal Thatcher, Thatcher, Thatcher Demko. But he's, he's highly touted. Um, and supposed to be one of the best goalie prospects. And the Canucks will also be uh, 
and drafting whoever is the top prospect in hockey next year. Yeah, no, I I think they're last this year yeah, for sure. I think they Just are. Just that goalie tandem alone reads, we're last, yeah. and, they, and we know it. Ryan Miller carried them to, like, tolerable, mm-hmm. and they're not that anymore. So finally, uh, the Vegas Ooh. Golden Knights. Hooray! Uh, we don't have time or desire to go through their entire roster uh, they did get Mark Andre Fleury. That's the big deal. They mm-hmm. got James Neal, which is the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Which I honestly thought they were going to probably trade uh, James Neal, but they did not. Uh, they brought in uh, Shipachov. Is that the, the Russian uh, KHL forward? And they got uh, Marsha Show, Perron, uh, Cody Eakin. They've got some players. They're fine. I mean, they're. They look like a. F- Fine team. Like, if this team had evolved naturally, you wouldn't be like, what the... You know, like that sort of thing. Um, yeah, if this was a team that had been around for, like, five or six years and I looked at this already, I'm like, ew, gross. Yeah. Uh, you look at this, it's like any expansion team. It's a lot of second and third line guys. One arguably first line guy in James Neal. They actually... They got, like, an elite still pretty much a league goalie, which is mm. like a gift most teams don't get. Um, but there's a good reason for that. And they have uh, Picard, and as you pointed out, that's a better tandem than like <laughs> half the league is running. That really is. I mean, yeah. it's a great duo of goalies this that team, will yeah. win them some games. They expanded into that, and they're already way better than a lot of those basement dwelling teams. Yeah. Um, they have a ton of draft picks going forward, obviously. They'll trade guys like Perron, who are on the last year of their deal. Neil, I think, may be on the last year of his deal or close I to it. I can't remember. It's got to be. Um, they're not a playoff team, I don't think. No. Uh, I'd, I'd love them to be just... Oh, that'd be insanely cool. Like, I'd hop all over that bandwagon. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, I think, yeah, half this league would. Maybe for not the those... five playoff games <laughs> you get to play. Yeah. Where you get what? the one Mark Andre... <laughs> Mark Andre steals, and then the rest are yeah, just outgrown. Right, exactly. <laughs> like you're lucky, you're George McPhee. You're looking at this team in February. February, that's when the trade down. Yeah, yeah, right. into February. Um, you are six points back in the division of a wild card spot. What are you doing? Ooh. Are you like pushing to be the like probably first ever expansion team to make the playoffs? <laughs> do you trade a bunch of your like, picks to like a a crappier team? Do you like try and get a Sedine? Like, do you? Can you? You can't, right? Because you've got to like that kind of throws your whole plan you've out. Got to be in the long term. Oh, I want this now. No one said anything like that. This is ever a possibility because yeah. I'm sure and they'll be bad. Not. Yeah, it's not at all. <laughs> But I already have it in my head that they need to get a Sedin if they're yeah. close to the playoffs at the deadline. At least, at least trade for Lee Stemniak. At least Please. finally make that happen. That we he's would, on the move. I mean, that's robbed, a, of, course. of course he's on the, the last move. year of his deal. He's of course <laughs> moving. Uh, I don't think we'll be in that position, but it'd be interesting to see if McPhee stuck to his guns. I mean, there are players like he obviously drafted. David Perron, knowing he could trade David Perron. For sure. I don't think, I mean, I think you look, if you're a, if you're building a team, David Perron makes your team more watchable next year than if you got Dimitri Askin, for instance. But, like, if you're trying to, like, hit home runs on every pick, that's, I would take Askin just because maybe he's 
Marion Gabarik as Hitchcock promised us. <laughs> no, but maybe he's like a serviceable second liner for a while down the road, you know, third mm-hmm. liner. And Perron, you know, is going to be a free agent. But in any case, you got to stick to your guns, stick with your uh, plan. Uh, they've got decent defenders in McNabb, Schmidt, Theodore, Miller. I mean, it's a, it's the same. It's like a lot of second-pairing uh-huh. guys that some of them are going to have to be first-pairing guys. But with that said, I think they've got enough decent talent there to possibly beat out Arizona and uh, Vancouver. I think, yeah, they finish of, ahead of Vancouver yeah. in my eyes. And probably I'm seeing them, you know, get like a low top ten pick next year, mm-hmm. maybe, which is kind of disappointing. <laughs> like you almost want them to be like terrible the first year and then get like a game changer, but uh, we'll have to see. There's just too many question marks there to predict. I'm sure they'll beat us in one of our three games we play them and everyone will be very angry and we can all talk about how that dumpster fire of a team that was assembled in a cave with a bunch of scraps. <laughs> Beat the Blues. You heard it here first. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to move on now to some St. Louis Blues topics. We did cover all of the teams in the Pacific Division, right? You, you I counted eight in my double head. Double check this. I think we did. Um, but we're going to move on to an interesting and inaccurate article. Um, <laughs> From the Hockey News, uh, a guy named Ken Campbell, who looks like he should be a professor of romantic literature, uh, just from the you know two, <laughs> a two, very specific two inch wide picture I can see online. Uh, apparently, the Hockey News did a series called Twenty Twenty Vision, and the the goal of this series was to kind of project what each team would look like uh, three years from now, which he. Uh, failed to mention that they'd be lockout riddled and handicapped, <laughs> but um, he kind of goes through. I'll I'll read a little bit of what he said. Blues currently have the longest running Stanley Cup drought. Thanks for that dagger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Blues are the ultimate tweener team. There are times when they're a legitimate Cup contender, and others they're nibbling around the fringes of that group. Uh, we drafted Robert Thomas. Have marked the first time since 2010 we've had a top 20 pick. Uh, they don't figure to be picking in a prime spot next couple of years. Uh, is it enough to win the Stanley Cup by 2019? That might be a stretch, etc. So, uh, the the lineup he project, projected for this team, to me, is preposterously wrong. No, he did say he did say didn't ways. factor in any trades, so we'll give him that. So there wouldn't be... They weren't going to try and predict trades. Which is stupid to me. Because, like, so why are you doing this series? In the first place. True, true. Um, like, I, most teams average, like, an impact-ish trade a year, right? Where Not they, if you're the one who picked Jets. That's true. <laughs> uh, but for yeah, the most yeah. part, like, you, even if it's, like, a third-line guy, usually you change some bodies out. So, so the line he predicted... And what bugs me about this is that even without trades, there's not a single outside player that's not currently on mm-hmm. the team. So you're not looking at free agency or trades or draft at all. We're uh, just going to let players walk. So like, well, I just don't see what the point of this series is. Uh, so you've got the top line. I'll move left to right. Fabry, Shin, Tarasenko. Uh, then second line, Schwartz, Bergwin, Yaskin. <laughs> I know, shivers. <laughs> Sabotka, because apparently even this guy insists that Sabotka doesn't play center. Uh, Steen <laughs> and Glenn Costin. Uh, and then your fourth line is Barbashev, Thomas, and Thompson, which is Why? a fine line. 
I guess, of, like, bodies, but that's about as much of a fourth line as I am, like, by <laughs> myself. Um, your your defensive pairing are, uh, first, he has Joel Edmondson and Colton Pareko as the top pairing, which I didn't even notice the yeah. first time I read that. So apparently by 2020, Alex Petrangelo is our second pairing defenseman uh, with Jake Wallman and Vince Dunn and Jordan Schmaltz are our third pair. Goalies, Jake Allen, uh, and Veli Huso, which is the only part of this that is probably accurate. <laughs> uh, so he does a little bit of a breakdown of the roster. Got it. High-end offensive talent on the top two lines. Tarasenko has established himself as one of the best pure goal scorers in the game. A healthy and productive Robbie Fabry is only going to get better over the next couple of seasons. Goaltending looks solidified for the foreseeable future. Need it. Depth on the blue line, which is a fallacy. We the, yeah. the, All we have is depth on the blue <laughs> line. Blues have only Colton Pareko and Alex Petrangelo <laughs> under contract beyond this coming season, which is also inaccurate because Jay Bomeister is under contract beyond this coming season. Hooray. They have some decent prospects on the blue line, uh, but none who would be classified as a stud. Also, isn't Gunnarsson not done this year, or is he? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, this guy doesn't care about Gunnarsson. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about Carl Gunnarsson. Capwatch. The Blues have $47.4 million dedicated to nine players in 2019-20. Core forwards are under contract until we're beyond that season, and even if they come up with a bridge contract, which doesn't exist anymore for Bobby Fabry, <laughs> instead of signing him long-term, they hold his fate in their hands for the next couple of seasons. Bottom line, he says, the Blues should safely remain in the playoff mix for the next couple of seasons, but they're certainly not a slam dunk. So I I woke up to this one morning in kind of like a, a groggy, ridiculous state. I can't remember <laughs> if I found it or if you sent it to me, but my first instinct is that this is a series they just did, and Kim Campbell is a guy who has watched two Blues games in seven years. He knows nothing about this team, which is fine. You can't know every team. We don't know the Hurricanes. And they just kind of, like, gave him the Blues. And he's like, fine? (laughs) And he, like, kind of looked up draft position and was like, whatever. That's the only reason Dimitri Askin's on the right wing of the second line. (laughs) He's like, that guy was supposed to be Marion Hosa, I heard. Yeah. Uh, If Dimitri Askin... (laughs) is our second line right wing in 2020. He has either had a godlike turnaround or we are a yeah, we're dumpster, just the dumpster. fire <laughs> on the team. Um, Steen will not be a blue in 2020. There's zero chance. Nah. There is zero percent chance that Doug Armstrong, who like put this guy on open blast last year, <laughs> is keeping him that long. And also, wouldn't he have to resign him? Or does he, I guess, the contract's that long. So there's a 5% chance. I see him as a player that will likely be moved at some point to help us get younger and faster. Uh, that fourth line, you want to comment on that because that was ridiculous? It's just Barbashev, uh, Robert Thomas, and Tage Thompson. That's If you're playing Robert Thomas, if he makes your team at any point, and I could see him being here in 20, 2020. He's not 2020. He's not... Uh, taking fourth-line minutes. You're putting him on the third line, at least. Tage Thompson, then, is? Oh, uh, no, Robert Thomas. Oh, Robert even. Thomas, yeah. I could care You're not bringing about that Tage guy Thompson. up from the minors or wherever he is. He's supposed to be like a, a playmaking dynamo. You're not going to be like, hey, why don't you play eight minutes a night and really just energize it up for us. Really run into people. Yeah. Throw your body around, Robert yeah. Thomas. Make some people unwell out there. <laughs> 
Um, I could be wrong about Barbashev, but he's also a center, and he's not on. He's not on the fourth line either. No, he's not on the fourth line this year. If he's like, if he's on the fourth line by then, we'll just cut him. That's he has what like I mean. Too much just, talent this yeah, year to like not dupe another team. Yeah. Um. This guy said this isn't intended to be a fantasy like look at the league oh. <laughs> in 2019-2020. Instead, since this is a part of the THN Future Watch family, it's meant to be a realistic best-case scenario projection for each team based on players already under contract and prospects in their system. Two problems I have with this. <laughs> well, one problem I'll let you address since you raised it on here. But first of all, if this is a best-case scenario look at the prospect on our, in our system, why does it say nothing about the prospects that you've involved? Like, there's not a word in the article. Yeah. About who Jake Wallman is, who Vince Dunn is, who are supposed to be really high prospects, who Billy Huso is. So it's not that. And then there's one name, at least, that's very notably left off this, which is, <laughs> if you would like to talk about that. Well, he said he includes prospects, but there's no Jordan Cairo, so I assume he's dead. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess they just Maybe like... they just averaged a fatality each team. <laughs> this like... kid drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone. He's too tiny to drink that much alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, this almost kind of turned into a five-minute major, which I'm sure it was longer than that. Well, it's all for fun, like we said. The yeah, guy, I mean, I'm I sure the guy doesn't know anything about the Blues. I so. just don't understand the parameters of this article. Like, if you want to have a prospect article, just write a prospect article. And you can even say, this is what I think this guy's ceiling is by 2020, mm-hmm. but don't, like project a mishmash of a team. Like, if this is our team in 2020, we'll be borderline unwatchable. <laughs> it's like, it's like watching a, a minotaur or like a chimera with like three different parts and like <laughs> the head is a lion and the body is a unicorn and the tail is a snake and the fourth line is like a really pretty horse that you're just keeping in a stable for no reason. Like Go team, go. Uh... And why? Why is that always the Trangelo in our second line? Why? I'm, what? I'm guessing <laughs> it's the Draco just like skyrocket through. That sounds like the fan theory where people are always talking about how we can trade Petrangelo because we got Pareko. We like, can't. <laughs> and granted, this guy didn't, but it's a weird thing. We're like, well, he's younger, and he's going to be that much better. I'm like, eh. eh Was Alex eh. Petrangelo not a first like top five pick? He'll be like 50, though, in 2020, so he's going to be old yeah, on the second you're right. pairing. you're right. Uh, so, with this in mind, uh, let's move on to a little bit of uh, kind of advanced preseason lineup predictions and discussions to close out the show for the day. Uh, so, our top six, probably pretty set mm. uh, in terms of who's in it, not necessarily who plays where. But it's definitely Sheen, Tarasenko, Schwartz, Stastny, Fabry, and Steen, probably, right? As the top six. Mm-hmm. Or would you put Fabry? Yeah. Fabry's in the, the bottom six. Fabry's <laughs> in the nine. Oh, yeah. The whenever they split things up in a, here's your top six and there's your starting nine. Yeah. I've even heard something about 12. Just say he's on the team or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not scratched. Yeah. Um, your question marks there are kind of where does Shin play? Is he a center? Do they make him the first line center for no reason at all? Because this organization paid Paul Stastny a lot of money to show no faith in him. Uh, I'm just surprised they haven't moved him to wing yet, honestly. That seems I, like this team's move. I might be putting too much faith in what Flyers fans see. I kind of tend to do that because they 
watch their team and they see Braden Shen and do they? <laughs> yeah, and maybe they don't. Maybe they don't like him, so they have a thing against him. But they just seem to think, and his numbers support that he's better at right wing. The last couple of years, I know Berube said that uh, he's just plays better at right wing. He's able to be more physical, and that's when he gets into games yeah. and becomes more productive. And that you're allowed to do that as a winger. If you're at center, it's a little harder, and his faceoff numbers career wise just aren't that great. Yeah. Now we haven't seen Fabry at center very much. But that is the position he's played his whole career. Right. And it would be nice to try him out there. And he's a smaller body, so he's not going to get banged up as much, which would be nice to see uh, healthy for a full season. Yeah. I keep seeing about Shen, even I saw read an article where Yo said this earlier today, where they're like, well, center's his natural position, where we're, so we want to start giving mm-hmm. him an opportunity there. And I'm fine giving him a shot No, there. for sure. Try it out. But I don't love the lo- logic of... That's his natural position where he's twenty six when he's twenty six and he hasn't played it in three years. <laughs> How and natural he's performed is that? very well at a different position. Like just because that's the position you played in juniors, maybe mm. pee wee, maybe your whole life doesn't mean like it's your best position. You're not locked in. Yeah, and so like. <laughs> that's what bothers me when they put him on the, the first blue, line. With the yeah. Blues, we are so insistent on making guys who are best or at least possibly centers into wingers that I don't understand why we're now trying to jam this winger into a center role. I mean, again, I'm fine with giving him a shot there, let him play in preseason there, but his face-off numbers are not good. No. Which, not that you, there's, that's the end-all be-all of being a center, but it's a pretty big start. <laughs> well, every year they've been, it's not like a back-and-forth and his worst years have just outweighed his better years, yeah. like he's been over 50, under 50. Yeah. They've all been under 50. Yeah. Right. Um, so, again, I mean, face-offs was one of the places where we were getting trounced by mm. the... Uh, wild last year, and now the Wild were four deep on really good centers. We're not. And we were <laughs> insisting on playing, well, I'm, according to some people, I think Rutherford reported that that was Saboka's desire, but Saboka, who you would think we brought back largely because he's a face-off winner, wasn't playing at center, which hopefully we rectify this year, but maybe we don't. But with Stasny and Saboka, like, you're fine on the dot. Yeah, special you, teams, too. Especially yeah. with that clutch, like, if you have to win a face-off, you can get those guys. But you want a guy that isn't horrible at face-offs, <laughs> you know. And 47, which in my head is the number where Shim was at, you think that's just three points low of 50, but that's a lot yeah. for a face-off. Like I said, if you go back and forth every year, you hit, you know, you hit 50. But if you're under 50 career, not so great. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on from the top six a little bit, who ends up being our third line? I don't who know. Who knows? <laughs> Somebody I would, knows. I think it's going to be Saboka on the left, and I would want them to put Barbashev in the middle. I mean, he did fine. He kind of fell off a little in the playoffs, but you're young, and it's your first NHL playoff, so I don't see that as a big drawback. It's more like who's the right wing, because we're real thin on that. <laughs> Bo, Bo, Bo Bennett? That's all right. It's fine, but that. it's like not. 
I'm less excited about everything behind him. Like, can we put in Dimitri Askin? Like, oh, and you can put in Magnus PRV, and I think he's fine. You know, go Magnus, but I'm kind of over it. My worst nightmare, which is exactly what's going to happen, is that this becomes just a revolving door. Oh, for sure. No, that's like a given. Yeah, and that's like, I, I railed on this last year, last podcast, I think. I hate it. I hate that strategy. I despise it. You don't give any of them a fair shake. What's well, the thing? All yeah. Think somebody's breathing down their neck. And you can talk about competition improves people. And that's true to an extent, but competition also got Ben Bishop traded off this team <laughs> when he wasn't the third worst goalie on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, anyway, not to go off on that tangent again. It's just annoying because when you do that, when you do the rotating door, it feels like, you know, you're supposed to be getting the best player every night, but then if you have one off game, there's toss on the other guy who's also cold. Right. And it's like, we got to get you to warm up. Oh, two off games because you haven't played in, you know, two weeks. Up oh, the next guy. And now it's just like a bad position. Yeah. It's like a black hole. Right, exactly. I heard, uh, and I think I mentioned this maybe last time, but I heard Armstrong in an interview say something about, well, this is really a make-or-break year for Dmitry Askin. And on the one hand, that's fine. On the other hand, they <laughs> have never given him an opportunity to make or break. It's always... Maybe he gets a couple games in a row, Mm -hmm. and then he's yanked again. And you can say all you want, well, he's not showing it in practice. He's not proving to it. And look, I'm not a hockey analyst, so I know they're seeing things I'm not seeing. But if until you give a guy a 10, 20-game stretch of guaranteed NHL minutes, you really cannot know what he's capable of. Mm -hmm. And some of these players haven't gotten that, and some of them aren't going to get it. I mean, there were times where Payarvi looked fantastic last season especially some of that time in the playoffs but now he's just going to be like third line sometimes a fourth liner sometimes not playing at all and it's just like i think some of these guys deserve better than well you're going to be competed with you know and i think if that was the option we were going we didn't even need to bring in bo bennett because we have plenty of bodies anyway but um we'll see where that ends up and Maybe there's still a move out there. Like, I I would not be shocked to see us add one of those Shane Doan types. Mm-hmm. I would not, I would still not be shocked, like, with one of those last minute kind of shuffle trades like we made with Yakupov, where we trade a body or two to get, like, kind of a player, but kind of a not. <laughs> I don't see us adding a, a top, like, even a top nine, like, guaranteed piece. I would love us to. I just don't see it. Uh, but we'll see where that turns out. What do you think about Jake Wallman's chances of making the team? Um, I think we just seem right now to have, I guess, too many defensemen ahead of him. You've got a top six that's pretty much set, and then you have Schmaltz, too, who they're probably going to want to play. That's the thing, is you don't want him sitting either. Basically, right. Wallman has to crack the top six. There's no way they're just sitting him in the press box. So I think he'll probably impress the camp, and they'll probably put him in the AHL. A great situation this year, as we've all talked about. Um, I'm sure. Tremendous. He, <laughs> I'm sure he'll get the playing time he needs because he's that good. But he'll probably be the first call up after an injury to the top six. Maybe like a sustained thing. Prosser kind of feels like the guy, or Butler is like, oh, Petrangelo's out sick. You know, we're just gonna call up this filling guy. But if you know, Gunnarsson goes down. I'm trying to think of who's on the left. Yeah, if Gunnarsson goes down for, like, half the season or, like, 20 games, I could definitely see them calling up Holman for a shot. Or possibly even done. I guess it just depends on what they're looking at. 
So I think he has a good shot. I think next season's an even bigger year where he could just walk right in and be well, top I six. Well, I would hope by next year, yeah, he's guaranteed. That's another, I mean, that's another problem of I'm frustrated about. We just have so many players who don't have anywhere to go, really, because mm-hmm. they don't have an AHL team. So, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. We'll see. I think he could I think he could surprise people and make the team, but if he does, Possibly, yeah. who's not playing? You know, I mean, it, do you trade a Bortuzzo or a Gunnarsson? I'd be all over that. Yeah, but, it's probably got to be someone on the left side. If he was, like, seasoned and experienced, yeah. could be kind of from anywhere, but that's his, that's the side he plays on him yeah. being whatever age he is. Uh, Young. And then the the big, I think, kind of the rallying cry of the message boards <laughs> and the Reddits and everywhere, and I'm right there with them in idealism, but not probably in practicality, is what about Quinn Costin? Costin <laughs> uh, yeah. is, of course, the... A pick we got at 31st overall in exchange for Ryan Reeves. We also got back Oscar Sundquist. Uh, and very highly rated player. Spent most of last year injured. Or some people would say, well, you know, some a lot of people said, well, he might have been a top five pick if he hadn't been injured. Top rated European skater. Very high prospect. Very high ceiling. I'm very excited about him. But do you think he's going to be on this team next year? No, let me let me upcoming year. Let me let me one minute minor list. One minute major. (laughs) One minute major. I've just seen for intoxication. (laughs) I've just seen, and it's just it's message board. So it could be someone's cat on a keyboard, (laughs) for all I know. But someone they'll put Clem Costin as like a second line right wing this year. And I what? No, he's not like your second line right wing this year. He's eighteen. This is his first in, time... In the AHL, he's our second line. That, right? no, That's no, what they meant. No, they meant like in the no. NHL, like he's just going to make the team. No. First of all, we already talked about the wheel of bodies <laughs> that, are, <laughs> that are just rolling ahead of him. There's no way, even if he was that good, maybe he's that good he makes it, but it's just like he's not going to be that good that they go, oh, you're better than these guys that have a handful of games on him. But he's also... 18, and this is his first like North American experience. Just let him be in the AHL for a year, and maybe he's, got he's so that good. Small rice to deal with. Yeah, small rice, <laughs> as opposed to the big rice over yeah. in Russia. <laughs> International Long rice. Long grain rice over <laughs> there. <laughs> but he, it just it doesn't make any sense to me, and I'm sure, it, you know, it's not going to bug anyone when he doesn't make it. But it's just one of those things where. It bugs me. It just bugs me because they're like, well, he's going to be a giant impact player. I'm like, yeah, eventually. Just give. Sometimes you got to give these people some time. He didn't play last year. No, that's he's what I mean. You're coming off a of shoulder injury. He didn't play most of last year. He hasn't played organized hockey anywhere in a over a, in about a mm. year and in North America ever, except no. for you know probably a tournament or a game here or there. This is me yelling at myself because I used to get like overly ever right. like Tarasenko came in those two years after I'm like, here's Jordan Schmaltz, like he's twenty or thirty he was lower, he was like in the second round yeah. I'm like, but he's gonna be a game changer. I'm yeah. like, oh he's not. So I'm like just trying to keep my own expectations at bay because I do think he'll be good good to great. I just give him time. I expect Quim Costa. I would not be surprised at all to see him be a big M5 player next year. I wouldn't be blown away if he's getting playing time towards the end of this year. Mm. He's the thing he's got going for him is he's already on his entry level contract. Yeah. So there's no Let's incentive the to keep him from 
being up here, you know, he doesn't have that deal with college or with the juniors where you've got to deal with an extra year of that contract being removed. But he's just, it's just not going to happen. And if it is going to happen, you're hiding him on the third line and allowing him to impress there. You're not exactly yeah. jumping him up to the second line and just throwing him in with the Sharks and, like, <laughs> go shut down the Sidney Crosby line, you know? Yeah, like, good have luck, fun. 18-year-old. Um, yeah, he would literally be playing Sidney Crosby in his first ever NHL game. Like, <laughs> enjoy. Right. Um I would love it. I mean, obviously, I would want nothing more than him to blow the doors down in camp and never look back and make the Penguins and every other team look like the biggest idiots in the world and Fear be the whole story of the, you know, the St. Louis every team ever passed up on this guy <laughs> once, including the team that didn't exist till that year. It just, I maybe he'll do that in a year. I just don't think there's a chance. I mean, he would have to. He would have to perform so wildly above expectations in a fairly limited preseason schedule to even get that opportunity for them to say, you know, it would be one thing for you to use him to say, you know, you've got a shot up here. Mm-hmm. But for them to say, you're coming in here and being our second line center because we saw you in five preseason <laughs> games and you were that good. He didn't, he didn't play any of the scrimmages because this past summer. Because he was still hurt. Um, like, so yeah. he'll supposedly play full contact in the tournament in uh, Traverse City. So all I'm saying is I'm on the hype train too. Let's just like pump the brakes. Let's you know ease back on the cold of the engine. <laughs> let's just, you know, let's coast on this hype train yeah. for a little bit. There are, trains go down hills, too. You just, yeah. just sort of ride. <laughs> we talk to an engineer. We're just coasting. <laughs> uh, so what do you think our lines are entering this season? Um, this is what, yeah, this is kind of what I think it's going to be. Like I said, I'd rather Fabry center and shun on the right wing, but I'm almost certain we're going to start out with first line left to right being Schwartz, Stasny, Tarasenko, second line of Fabry, Shen, Steen. And the third line is Saboka, Barbashev, and I'm just going to say Bennett because he's new and they want to play with shiny things. They uh, want him to go yeah. into that Pittsburgh game. Oh, that's right. His whole team. Just oh, we're going to have a couple of those because then we got on the fourth line Sunquist, yeah. Brodziak. They'll probably just toss Yask in there because why not? I mean, you could have um, Upshaw, but Yask. whatever. He's yeah, gone, he's just I guess. Not signed. We, I wish there, don't you think there should he's be like some sort of weird. <laughs> Shouldn't there be, like, a tiny press release where, like, by the way, people liked Upshaw, he's not coming back? I don't know. I just feel like he's unofficially left the team. Bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Question mark. But, and then the defense is just Bo Meester, Petrangelo, Evanson, Preco, Gunnarsson, Bortuzzo. Extras just being PRV. Sanford, who I've, I forget we he existed. We had to have. <laughs> don't, had to. don't get it twisted. We had to have Zach Sanford in that deal. There was no other that player. Guy, that guy's slipping through the cracks. I mean, maybe oh, he does not. well. He's but getting traded, by... or he's not playing ever again. <laughs> Prosser, who's our new uh, Chris Butler. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I agree with that totally. You can't assume any of that's going to change, you know. That just I, feels I would, I would prefer right. probably to see Saboka at center. Yeah, they could flip at the wing, but it doesn't matter much. Saboka, I want him taking those face-offs and winning them. 
I would prefer to see Steen on the Ottawa Senators. But that, <laughs> no, that's I like I like Alex Steen fine. He's a productive player. He just feels like the one like he's got cobwebs on him. I don't know. Even more than Bergwind, who obviously is hurt and won't be in the starting line rotation. Like he just feels like that one player where I'm like, aren't you from like an era? Like mm-hmm. a while ago. Like we didn't <laughs> we know? move on from this like two yeah, years it'd ago. It'd be like if uh, um, I want to call him the wrong first name, Al and McDonald. What was his first name? Andy. Andrew. Andy. Okay. Andy. Andy. That's why I was confused because there's also Andrew McDonald. Isn't oh. There the defenseman. Yeah. And he he's went by Andy. Poop. <laughs> it'd be like if he was here, like not now, but like four years ago, and you're like, huh, you're still here. Oh, yeah. Sort of thing, I like Dan know? McDonald, but it felt like that when he was here when we made the playoffs yeah. in 2012. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, Steen's great. He's obviously one of the longest-tenured players here. I don't have any ill with him, but it's the weird thing where it's like, we're getting younger and faster, and also Alex Steen is <laughs> which is fine. You're going to have some of those guys. But as like I said, him being on the second line in 2020, new, no. <laughs> not happening. Uh, so, oh, well, they had him on the third line. So anyway, yeah, I agree with that lineup. We'll see as camp moves along who impresses, who doesn't, and we're excited to cover that as we start to go weekly on September 7th. Um, is there anything else you want to say before then? because we will not be saying anything between them. Uh, we'll put up that Sporting News article for you to look at on our Twitter account. And chastise as well. Uh, yes, please feel free to uh, take aim at poor Ken Campbell, who never did anything to deserve it. <laughs> he looks like a, a plenty, plenty polite, gentlemanly old Canadian man. He probably says thank you and I'm sorry a lot. <laughs> Let's roast him. <laughs> uh, but he needs to be destroyed. And you're just the people to do it. Uh, follow us on Twitter uh, if you would like at Two Guys No Cups, all spelled out in words. Uh, if you ever want to email us with questions or tweet us with questions, we're down with that. That'd be fun thing for us to talk about on the show. Mailbag. Even if you have wacky, you know, like who is the one player you want traded to this team? Whatever it might be, uh, please feel free to do that. <laughs> what uh, color do you think Dimitri Askin <laughs> tastes like? <laughs> Just Jaskin. <laughs> uh, follow me at Stephen Graham with a PH. Uh, follow Ian at Ian A. Peters. We're on iTunes and uh, Google Play now. I always want to say iTunes and Spotify because that's like what you hear about with yeah. music, but this is the Spotify podcast, I guess. <laughs> Uh, So follow us and subscribe over there. And until next time, which will be September 7th, unless there is a, um, you know, terrible (laughs) accident, (laughs) uh, we will uh, talk to you then. And have a good evening or morning or daytime whenever you choose to listen to this. Sayonara.